version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 214. How did it taste? I have Nick with me. Did you I have Justin Did you with use me. marinara? I am really freaking out right now. <laughs> or a light bernays sauce? Because there's so many different ways that you can prepare crow. What are you speaking about? What is this crow you talk of? Oh, the the gloriousness that is hearing that you bought the two number one things that you have shamed me for <laughs> over and over and over again. Mocked me. I lost sleep. I cried at night. Because of your mockery. And then you come back and you totally redeem yourself. <laughs> what are you talking about? <sighs> I'm pleading the fifth. No, I have no idea what you're talking no, no, about. No, no. It's on the record now, what buddy. What record? I can take care of that record. Record number 213. <laughs> oh, Dan. <sighs> what the fuck, dude? Uh, like, really? Wait a minute. Why are you pissed off, dude? He just jumped on your freaking bandwagon. This is you not... should be like singing from the rooftops. See, I'm I'm very I'm so confused. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm so torn. It's like I'm excited. The world just doesn't make it, sense anymore. You know what? If it, it, it feels like you're like you're you're across the parking lot. And you look over there, and you see like this Acura, and in the doors open, and then you just see this like ass bent over putting groceries in, and you're like, "Damn!" And it's a wonderful feeling, and you're like, "Oh, all is right with the world." And then a dude sticks his head out, and you're like, "Oh, oh my god!" It's that confused feeling. I have that right now. You conflicted, Nick. Is that what you're telling us? I'm very conflicted. I mean, you know, like at the root, it just tells me, how could you do this to me? How could you, uh, you know, you mocked me for so long, all the comments. But then I am happy because it's like, I freaking told you. I mean, duh. Well, it's nothing's written in stone. I mean, I haven't got them yet. So, you know. Dan's choice of the goblins makes perfect sense. It wouldn't have made a difference whether you had goblins or not. No, of course it the makes v sense. The V-Control? That, that one, one is I the still, shocker. I can't, 
sleep well at night <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, the the goblet, I mean, we've said it before many times. That 700, you know, gas or goblin is like, it's it. And Dan, I'm sure now that you have it, you could completely agree with me when I say it is like the most non-conversion conversion I've ever seen. I'm afraid to say anything because it's going to be held against me in a court of law. Nah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm good. Be. You just I'm good. I, just get start getting comfortable, man. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, it's. I'm, I mean, I got my piece out. I'm actually really happy for you because I think it's. I mean, I know what it did. You know, the combo of those two did for me last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was freaking sweet, not having any problems with anything. So, I uh. I get it. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Except now when we go to Fun Flies, you guys are going to be douching around like the Three Stooges with that freaking radio. <laughs> like, hey, who wants the buddy box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Justin will be like, he's over there in the corner like, ah, I got a bunch of switches and my talks and, and it's, hey, in, c- in case you guys want to know how fast you're going, oh, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to do that. I'll oh, see, I'm not at all interested in any of that. It's like buying a pickup truck when you're a teenager. You can only drive one other person. I don't feel like I need to worry about all that crap, so you guys just buddy box it up. So you'll be up back in the recording going, hey, guys, you want to see some data? <laughs> you want to see some There's data? Some data. Let's some- look at some graphs. Well, the nice thing is that I actually can look at the data if I would like to. And you do. Yeah, we don't That's what you to. do. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for what you do. But Dan, I'm sh- like, okay, the goblin I get doesn't even, I, I figured that you were going to get the 700 out of spite, but I, uh, I, I totally understand the goblin. The V control was a, that's really the big shocker. So. Explain to me why, because I did not see that one coming. I knew eventually you would cave into the goblin, but the V control, like, I no. Can sum it up for you in two words. Why not? Just because. What the hell? It's a hobby. Lazy ass. I, uh, I, you know, those are two words. <laughs> I don't have a rational explanation other than I wanted to try something different. And so I try, I decided to try something different. I mean, did the buddy boxing thing have a, like, did that have an effect? Yeah. I'm actually probably by spring going to have a second V control just for that. Oh, really? It's a pretty cool deal the way it works. I mean, there's there's no question there. It's been the easiest to set up that I've you know that I've come talking across. to you, talking to Doug, and I'm like, just just the whole, um, you know, set up the whole machine without ever busting out a computer, that yeah. kind of shit. And um, I don't know everybody that everybody that I've talked to that has made the switch or at least giving it a shot, they seem to be happy with it. So I'm a seeker of bliss. Maybe I'll find it in the V control. Maybe I won't. Yeah, that's fair. But That's fair. Well, 
Wow. No, I'm excited. All I was got to do is, you know, wait for the back order stuff to get to get itself resolved. And uh Yeah, I got a couple waiting too. And I <laughs> I heard or so I heard that that I'm going to be forced to do your licensing oh, yeah. for yeah, how you. Oh, sweet is that? That's another cool thing. Oh, all that, all yeah, that shit's going to be settled. It's not really all that bad, though, is it? I've heard it was kind of a nightmare. Well, so like now, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just really weird. It is a really weird process because you have to be logged in to Mikado Germany's website like when you do certain stuff and it's just, it's one of those things where you don't use it enough to ever make it be fluent. Right. That makes sense. I think that's why it stinks so bad. It's a clunky process. Um, It's inevitable for what they want to do. I don't think they could, they could really make it any better themselves, but it's just a clunky process and you don't use it very often. So then when you do, it feels like the first time every time, and, and yeah, it's, but you know, by the time you're done do it, like registering two or three of them, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. Well, then six months goes by and you <laughs> buy another one and you, you just, you forget it. Start all, all over so. from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a definite benefit right there. Right. I don't have to deal with any of that. Uh, you know, thank you in advance. Yeah, for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. No, no problem. <laughs> No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start since we're going to talk about what's happening. Obviously, yeah, uh, we're talking about the V control and all that good jazz. Um, Tuesday of this week was literally kind of like a Christmas early thing for me. Right, I had uh, three boxes from Carrie Shirley waiting at my doorstep when I got home, and a box from Jersey Jersey Modeler. Right. Oh, jeez. So I had uh, Goblin 700 competition in one box. I had uh, Zenoa TRM 300 in another with a TRM pipe. And um, all the all the goodies that go with that. And then I had the, the set of servos uh, and the Leviathan conversion in another. Sweet. Now, now hold on. Did any of those packages come with anything amusing in them? Um, I'm afraid. Like, uh, uh, what do you mean? Damn it, Carrie! <laughs> <laughs> I told him at OHB he needed to send whatever you ordered next. Now I thought it was going to be the E700. I didn't think it was going to be a Goblin conversion. But I told him whatever you order next, he has to fill instead of packing peanuts. He needs to fill the box with a bunch of paper cock and balls. Jeez. Hey, that's no joke because that's what that's what uh, Randy did for me on my hobby yep. wing order. <laughs> I opened it up and he it was and I like, were texting back and forth like confetti cock and balls. We send him confetti cock and balls. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> No, no, nothing, nothing like that. Oh, Carrie, come on, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you get, uh, you get all that new stuff in, of course you have to go through and, you know, toy with it and fondle it and all that <laughs> stuff that guys do. 
So that inspired me to go get my trailer, which was at work. So I made the drive up to work one night, picked up my trailer, brought it back, and it's cold as fuck. It's like three degrees outside right now. F? Yeah. F. Oh, for fuck. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, um, I got everything. I, I turned the propane heater on and got the chill off and then turned on in a little electric heater and uh, was nice in there, got it all cleaned out. And I was on, the, on, the, on a Skype call with a kid and I was like, ah, I'm really disappointed. I actually thought I was going to get to start working on the helicopter tonight. But uh, I had too much rearranging to do because I had a bunch of stuff from a work gig in there that I had to get figured out. But so a couple nights ago, I actually went out and, uh, you know, got the trailer all sorted out and started, um, I'm not going to rush into it. Like I said, last week, I'm going to kind of slowly, I started going through the first few steps and I got to tell you, I, uh, it's been nice to go out there in the evening, the last couple nights for a couple hours and just slowly go through this process and start building this machine. Having a great time with it. Can't wait. I got, nice, dude. got the other yeah. one um, pretty well. Of course, it was just, you know, disassembled. It was basically assembled. I just had to throw some, you know, tail on it and all that good shit. I saw a picture of it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of it. Dude, that's an old school canopy, isn't it? I don't. I mean, is that I, I was that, that even a production canopy? The blue one? I have no idea. I, I have, dude, I don't know. I know nothing about goblins. Or is that custom? I don't know. Yeah, because Nick, I thought the original Goblin Seven Hundred only came with like the the yellow, orange, and red, or the green one. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It looks good. I though. like it. I like it. Yeah. So the only thing I haven't done. To it that's left, of course, fly barless. But I'm 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 nervous about cutting the canopy. You got to cut the canopies to get them to fit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just haven't brought myself to do it. Oh, dude, I'm a master <laughs> at it. I cut the shit out of some canopies. I just have never had luck cutting canopies. It's like every time I do, I just I screw it up somehow. And well, then- here's the deal. You've got to recognize that over time. Any canopy that you have, whether it's modified or otherwise, is going to get wear and tear, right? And so, yeah, you want it to be pretty right now, but it's not going to be soon. So just get over it. <laughs> just just cut that bitch. That's right. <laughs> I know, I will. I'm trying to plumb a small little, I don't even know how many ounces, but it's not that big. I would... I'm, if I had to guess, I'd say 12, maybe 14-ounce tank, right? It's really hard to put, you know, ga- fixtures, those little uh, nipples, those little gas line nipples, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Those things are a bitch to get in there. Uh, so- oh, is it? So now that that's a good question. I was thinking about that. What uh, What fuel system does it come with is it a custom like leviathan pieces all the stuff together with the clunk and all of that no or do you have to do your own thing it's just something carrie puts together okay all right but you know you got to get creative because you're working with one hole that's probably 10 or 12 millimeters in diameter right and you've got to try to get a it's just big enough for this uh clunk that goes in there and then somehow you got to get 
I mean, it it would definitely. Uh, I I prefer that to it being too loose, dude. Well, I know. I, but what I'm getting at is, by the time you try to get the line, the clunk, and the line into the tank, and then try to manipulate the little nipple that's got to come up through the hole that you drilled, so you can put a retaining nut on the opposite on the outside of the tank, and then try to hold it while you're tightening it, making it tighter. Yeah. I took a couple hours of swearing. Finally got it, though. That sounds a lot like the old whiplash design. Yeah. I, and that was a pain in the ass to do. It's it's not it's not like it's hard. It's just, it's like a puzzle. It reminded me a lot of that puzzle, Nick, that you had, that Auden and Dieter were playing with this summer. Oh, the perplexus. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like you're sitting there and you're shaking. Like, okay, I got to shake just a little bit. God damn it, it went too far. It's kind of that thing, you know. Uh, then you get creative and you start start using, you know, fuel line attached to the far side of it so you can <laughs> try to string it through. Anyway, long story short, it took about an hour and a half, but I finally got it done. And then I started doing the uh, motor mount, uh, all the, the clutch assembly on the motor. And um, it's about all the further I've gotten with that. But it's coming along and I'm having a good time, so I guess that's all that matters, right? Sweet, man. Waiting, I'm glad to hear it. Waiting for some, uh, you know, who, who knows? I may give up on the whole V-Control thing if it doesn't, you know, if it takes too long to get here. When's it supposed to be there? <laughs> well, the V-Control. Yeah, I don't, there, it, it's not the V-Control. It's the That's Neos, in stock. Yeah. It's the V-Link Neos, the ones with the built-in receivers. You can get the regular Neos and you can get the V-Control. That's all in stock, but those have been out. For a little bit now, and I've got a couple I'm waiting for as well. I saw one, I saw one on Heli Freak, and I almost bought it just for shits and giggles <laughs> to have one here. So, oh, uh, that's funny. But no, I didn't. It'll get here. I mean, winter's. I mean, it's cold as shit. I can't go flying anyway. You know, I was thinking the break in. I was going to do it on a stand, but I was talking with Nick, and I actually was kind of thinking about this even prior to that. Mm-hmm. What an opportunity to work on the, on the all the orientations for the PPP. I mean, just solidly, right? Oh yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. So, yeah, he he was like, I think I'm gonna build a stand and break it in, and I don't really see nah. the point in hovering. And I was like, dude, heck yeah, go out there and do all your PPP. It's <laughs> like, oh what? Yeah. No, you know what? Actually, I kind of like the whole break in process. I mean, for the gasser, it's painful. Yeah. It's 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 a lot worse than a nitro, but I also feel like it gives you that opportunity to kind of get acquainted with the heli. But it's sort of like a no pressure, like you can't go out and throw down. But two of so them, you're just going to hang out. Two of them. Well, dude, trust me, I know that thing. I mean, we broke in mine at Snohomish in like 2012. It took me all fun fly. I mean, if you do it right. Now, there are a lot of people that cut corners, and I'd be curious to hear what uh, Toxic Al and Carrie have to say most recently about the break-in procedure, but my guess is they would suggest doing it the way that everyone has always done it, which is a long, incredibly painful process. <laughs> yeah, well, Carrie sends out a, uh, you know enough, enough uh, oil, uh, petroleum oil, based oil for one gallon of fuel so i'm guessing the concept is one gallon yep 
And I'm, we're going, you know, it is what it is. I'll, uh, <laughs> thinking about sending one of the helis to Nick and make him break one in. You see, do you see, do you kind of, do you see this? Are you seeing the, you know? I can almost guarantee you, you send me one of those and you are not going to get it back. <laughs> no way. I, I would absolutely love to own a gasser. We all know crashing sucks, but the only thing worse than crashing is missing something during the repair and watching it pile right back in. Well, guess what? The greatness that is the Soco Heli tool can save you time and from making a costly mistake during your diagnostic process. Simply slap on the Soco Heli tool after a crash and you can check your main shaft, spindle shaft, servo horn teeth, and servo gears without even removing the head from the heli. That simple five-minute check can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars and get you more stick time in the long run. So remember, if you want your equipment to be reliable, then you have to be a good heli mechanic. And if you want to be a good heli mechanic, you have to have good tools. Soko Heli Tools. Because quality and precision is worth it. Get your Soko Heli Tools at www.socohelitools.com. I sniped a um, YS91 from Justin this week, too. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's funny. I shit. can't believe that. Yeah, you did, dude. So we're checking out the forums. Well, not like on Skype together, but we, you know, we were both looking at the uh, forums on HeliFreak. And I ran across an ad for a 91 YS. It's the tree condition too, if I remember right. Correct. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it had uh, just been completely been rebuilt. Sleeve, piston ring, uh, all that stuff. Right. And um, so I send the guy an email or a PM and I'm like, Hey man, did you sell that yet? He goes, no, I haven't sold it. Told him I'd take it. And I guess just a little bit after that, Justin did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I sent Nick a text. I'm like, Holy shit, dude, look at this. I mean, it's been run, but all of the replaceable stuff is brand new and not broken in. Yeah. And I'm like, I, in the very least, I, I'm going to pick this up as a spare, just, you know, like as a parts motor. Or if something takes a crap on my current one, I can just drop this in. Um, and then I'm thinking to myself as I'm PMing the guy, I'm like, well, hey, it could be a good excuse to get another nitro airframe. And by the time I got to it, it was already gone. And then we're like sitting at our meeting on Tuesday, like, oh, dude, did you guys see that nitro motor? <laughs> Dan's like, yeah, dude, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard i made an offer hey, on at a, least on a, it's uh, in the family i made an offer on a on a synergy n7 too i saw i think i saw that synergy n7 thread that you were offering on it still hasn't sold yeah i i you know he wanted 700 dollars, which still i think is a fairly good deal but that's with a spartan Mm-hmm. Uh, so I offered him like 600 minus the Spartan and he's like, nah, he didn't want to split it up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah. I don't really need it one. What it is. Um, let's see. Anything else new and exciting this week? Did you fly anything? Why what dude? 
Multi rotors? Yeah, I flew some multi rotors. No, dude, you you still have the you've got the Forza. Yeah. Nothing. Too cold. Dude, it's like nine degrees. I would fly anything if it was that cold. <laughs> okay, how about this, Dan? Because there's been a thread going on on the forums about flying indoors. And I saw you sneak a couple of posts in there about, yeah, I might think of getting something to go and fly because your club has like a, what did they get, like a hangar or a uh, high school banquet gymnasium, hall? Yeah. Yeah. High school gym. There you go. So where, where are you on that? All point? right. So today's the 26th, right? Yeah. Yesterday, yep. obviously, was Christmas. So I have a uh, nine-year-old nephew. And uh, like on the 23rd, I was thinking, what, what, what can I get that kid? Because I was, he's not really ever expressed any interest in RC stuff. Um, but I decided, what the hell? I went and got him a, uh, not the little Hubsan um, quad. It's the next one up. It's like a Spidex or some shit like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's under the legal limit, so the kid doesn't have to register. Okay. Oh, okay, good, good. Thank, okay. Thanks for checking that out. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm in compliance. Anyway, so I got this for my nephew, and I, I went up to Christmas dinner, and I gave it to him, and, oh, my God, the kid flipped out over it. But then I was flying, and I got to tell you, I was having a lot of fun flying inside. So uh, our our club doesn't start doing this, and I don't think it's this Sunday because uh, of the holiday weekend. But I think the following week, uh, every Sunday, they are going to start flying indoors. So Nick reminded me last week, or the week before, anyway, here recently, anyway, um, that I have that 130X. Remember? We were talking about flying Mm -hmm. inside. So I went out and started looking at it and um, found a bunch of broken parts that I can't seem to find parts for on the... on, well, I haven't really looked other than Heli Direct, I think. But um, so you know, I'm gonna get that little 130X. I think back into flying shape since I already have it, and I stole the DX6i from work. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> got that taken care of. I got a radio for it. So yeah, I I think I am. I, I think they start next week. Uh, I'm not for sure on that yet, but I do know it is supposed to start here soon. So. I think flying anything, truthfully. Like, I mean, I had even considered, um, I mean, just like foamy airplanes. Just something to keep your hand-eye coordination moving through the winter. I've been flying. uh, That's what video games is for, dude. (laughs) That's what the video games are for. You don't have to tell me that. Trust me, I'll get to that. I've been flying, you know, a couple times this past couple weeks. I've been flying our... uh, Big machine at work. Does that count? Hitting enter and watching or actually uh, flying? Yeah, you got a good point there. Yeah. It's not really flying. When all it's you really gotten down to the point where all you do is hit one button? Yes. Oh. Worthless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay, I'm going to tell you guys a little story, and I'm not going to give any details, but other than a reaction I got. So we had some potential plants come to the shop and um, they were just excited to try this technology. And so we picked one of the gals that 
came with the group and we said, we're going to, you're going to be the pilot today. And she was like, <gasps> she got that, that look like, oh my gosh, are you sure that's a good idea? So anyway, we take her out to our little meager flying field behind the shop and literally have her do everything. And she just couldn't believe it. She hit the go button and she really acted like she was, she was like very excited. <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm flying this thing. <laughs> Did did you dupe her into thinking she was doing something? Well, she she was the pilot in control, dude. She, what does that mean? Well, do you have air quotes no. up right now? Do I have what? Air quotes. <laughs> she was the pilot in control by what? pressing a button and then standing back. She had the ability to press pause or stop or land now or you know. Wow. <laughs> but the point is, her reaction was so, it reminded me of like a new heli person when they first get that first hover. I mean, she really thought that she was, she was like. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. It was, it was actually pretty cool. It was a cool, you know, experience, but I just, I didn't. Was I, she blonde? No. And she was very educated too. Believe it at that. Okay. Anyway, that's uh, that's what I've been up to. A lot of nothing. Cool. A little bit of building, you know, hanging out, getting excited about the hobby again. Finally, you have know. a good Christmas. Ah, uh, you know, I went to spend it at my brother's, so you know, it was as good as it probably could have got. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spending, you know, it's when you spend time with your family, you know, family holidays. It's like, yep, I hear you. Lucky somebody didn't get you know, shot or stabbed, but no, it wasn't that bad. We had a good time. No one was poisoned by the food or anything like that. No salmonella. We had prime rib. Oh, hey. It was actually, it was pretty good. It was pretty low key. There was only just six of us there, so there wasn't a lot going on. So yeah, it was good. Cool. My uh, nephew bought me a, a rotary, like a Dremel, but it wasn't a Dremel. It's a Craftsman brand. Right. Okay. And my he also bought me a set of Stanley screwdrivers. So I think he's bought me that same set every year for the past four years. So I got plenty of those. <laughs> do, do they wear out? I don't know why. I don't know how that keeps happening, but it's all the same. You he's just there. leave them in the bodies when you're done killing them. <laughs> yeah. And um, what else? Um, I think that about does it. There was one of the, oh, some, some my brother bought me some tie downs. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you can really never have too many tie downs, and you know what I'm talking about, ratchet strap tie that, downs. Hold on, are you and talking about true. like a like bungee cord? No, like a ratchet strap tie down. You you literally can oh, never dude, have those too are many, yeah. those are good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've yeah. So yeah, it was good. I uh, had a lot of fun playing uh, uh, with the Malta rotor with my nephew, which was, you know, I noticed something. Now the kid's never flown anything RC ever. He's nine years old. One quick explanation of what the controls do. Within two batteries, that kid could lift that. Now it's a Malta rotor, but still within two batteries, he could lift that thing off, fly it, 
into the kitchen and back and then bring it back into the living room and land it on a box that was no bigger than a foot square. Wow. I was like, what the hell, dude? So I Yes, guess, but the, nice. the real question is, did he register it? <laughs> it doesn't have to because it's not. It's 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 under less than 0. 0.55 5, pounds. Five pounds. Yes, I made sure of it yes. when I bought it. So don't want to get the kid. You know, God. Last thing I want to see is my nephew getting thrown in in the you know in the big house. You yep. know what I mean? And uh, getting a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. Right. Right. So I made sure that got to keep out of the way of the law. That's right. Don't want to get in the way of the government. Government. And it's uh, douchebaggery. Douchebaggery. <laughs> uh, so who's next? I've been rambling on for far oh, too long. Oh, who's next? I'm going to go, and then you can finish it out, Nick, because you weren't here last week, and I'm sure you've got loads of exciting stuff to talk about. Go ahead. I'll be back in an hour. Oh, <laughs> it won't take me an hour. When building a new helicopter, it is a relief to know that I don't need to worry about what brand of servos I'm going to use. Now that I have hundreds of flights on multiple sets of BK servos, I have no problem running them on any heli and recommending them to anyone. For me, they bring everything to the table that I need in a set of servos. Strength, speed, cost, and of course, looks. With the sexy machined aluminum cases and affordable gear sets, I definitely know which servos are going on my next heli. Check them out at bkservo.com. This week was pretty basic. Um, I continued to slowly wrench on the NX-7. Finally got it finished up. Uh, You know, finished up the wiring, all that sort of stuff. Tightened down the final screws, made sure everything was squared up on the frame and the clutch stack was rotating smoothly. And I fired it up on Christmas Day and sent you guys a video, didn't I? You did. I didn't get any responses. Well, it's because. But. (laughs) You sent a video video, of a nitro sitting on the ground. Hey, I was excited. It was working, dude. I, I watched it for like <laughs> maybe 0.2 seconds. That's weak. <laughs> you guys are mean. Anyway, uh, yeah, so got it fired up. It fired up uh, first time. No big deal. Um, I have not run it lean yet, Dan, just in case you're wondering. I actually was wondering. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you've... If you've had to replace the the ring already. Yeah, it, it is it is shiny as hell right now. Nice. No, I in fact I actually thought about that. I, I sat there and I'm like, okay, let's see. What do the instructions say? Uh okay, this for the hover, this for low, this for high, and then I actually went out like another eighth of a turn just to be careful because I did not want to do what I did do it last time. That's the beauty of the uh, YS. Which was, yeah, dude. And it it fired up without a problem, held a nice idle. I idled it for about, I'd say, 20, 30 minutes in the front yard just to, you know, check it out. 
Um, I, I always do that with all the fuel helicopters that I've had in the past is get it island for about a quarter of a tank, let it sit there and run, you know, really rough and blubbery rich to get it to vibrate. And then I can go back through on the bench and check the fasteners, uh, make sure everything's still tightened down, relock tight things where it didn't quite take. Uh, so and I've got a question for you. Yeah. Much like how I can't remember how much my AMA membership was, how much it cost me, I can never remember the pipe numbers on these. Uh, which, uh, which pipe did you end up getting with there? I got the Hattori SB19 FH4, and now is which that is the, the 120. Yeah, No, it no. isn't. It is the Turek version, the 91 Turek. So is this the new hotness for the 91SR? That's X? what I'm hearing, man. That's what I'm hearing. I did talk to a couple of people who had been running the SR, the 120 SR pipes on it, and then switched to this. And they said there's, they think that there's a little bit more grunt. Now I don't know if that's just self justification for spending extra money on something that didn't change anything, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I mean, it made sense to me. It was the one that was available. In fact, I was going to go with the 120 on your recommendation, but when I bought the engine on Cyber Monday, they didn't have any 120 pipes. Yeah, I was going to... I mean, you you show, me a, you show me a link with that pipe available, and I'll buy it. Okay. I will see if I can find it. Yeah. I got it from A-Main. You can't. You can't find it. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Or RC Japan. Did you try that? I have not tried RC Japan, but okay, that's a good Okay, try point. RC Japan. Probably even cheaper than I got it. So, but here's the deal. like, it, it, I guess it's been a while since I have owned a Hattori pipe because, and you guys can correct me on this if I'm losing my mind. Last time I had one, I thought, so you know how it's got like the four little grommets and it slides onto the dual O-ring tube and then you bolt it into the the plate that sticks to the side of the engine, of the exhaust port, right? Correct. And the last time I had one, I thought that the the plate that you bolt into the exhaust port was threaded so that the four M3 screws that run through the grommets just thread right into the aluminum plate. Yes, but well, typically they'd strip out and you'd have to put nylock nuts or some kind of nuts behind them anyway. Okay, so they have fixed that. So... And it makes perfect sense. High temperature aluminum, you tighten it up, they strip out. Uh, so they replaced this with these steel. They're actually like steel M3 PEM nuts. And so it's a it's not a nylon nut. It's an actual regular nut. But uh, uh, half of the hex portion in height is that sort of knurled look. So it drops down into a countersink in the back of that plate. Well... So I press those in there and I think I got them seated really well. Right. And I do up the whole gasket. I've got my uh, black RTV, you know, make it nice and clean, clean up the edges, tighten those uh, M4s down into the actual engine with Loctite, let it sit for a while. And then I go to install the pipe and I stick the, the first M3 back in there and I start twisting and it's not catching. So I try it a little bit different way, and then I hear a plink. The stupid lock nut falls out. Okay, all right, no big deal. I'll try the second one. Plink. So I proceed to knock all four of the freaking backing nuts out of this plate. 
And I had already put the gasket in there. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not taking this off. This is, this is not going to happen. So I uh, sat there for about an hour with myself and the heli contorted in all sorts of different situations and configurations so that I could reach like a pinky finger in there mm-hmm. to hold the nut in the hole while I was tightening the screw. <laughs> oh my God, dude, what a pain in the ass. I want to say the last one that I built had that same thing. Those, those little backing nuts you're talking about. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I pressed them in really good, but the, it must be like a super heavy interference fit because I could not get any of the four of them to stay in there. That that was, oh, my God, that was freaking annoying. Mm-hmm. Chugu. Yeah, well, okay, good I, point. Or I, CA or I epoxy. Just, I just, Chugu is like the answer to everything. No, I think it would work. I think it would definitely work. I mean, at that point, it was a- anything that would keep the thing stuck in the metal. Uh-huh. Okay, next thing I did was I was cleaning up some rubber grommets on the airframe. And I hate putting grommets in the airframe without gluing them because they will pop out, mm-hmm. especially with all the nitro oil blowing mm-hmm. around, right? So I figured I'll CA them. And I don't want to make a mess out of the airframe. So I'm going to get a little bit of CA and a toothpick and I'm going to rub the toothpick full of CA around the outside of the grommet and sort of twist the rubber grommet, get it in there and then hit it with um, with accelerator works like a charm, except for the fact that uh, I had gotten some CA in there and I started twisting it and the grommet kind of got a little cocked in there and I didn't want the CA to freeze before I got it in the right shape. You got a little cock so, in your grommet? Is what that, that's right. <laughs> I just realized how that sounded. So, uh, quick thinking, I'm like, oh, crap. I've got a hand with CA, a bottle of CA in it. I got a hand with a toothpick in it. I'm going to put the CA down. I'm going to put the toothpick in my mouth. I'll be ready to go. The toothpick had CA on Oh, it. no. So I glued the toothpick to my lip. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Hell yeah. I did. Oh, my God. I told Nick this. He's like, dude, you are lying to me. Seriously. You can't make this up. No, no one can. No, No, it's true. To To the people whose shit you put in space, do they know about the CA tendencies? I mean... I don't think they do, but here's the thing. I'm safe because we don't use adhesives in okay. space. <laughs> no CA on anything that goes in space. Okay, it's all good. mechanical fastening. <laughs> we're good then. Because yeah, so, damn. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I, wasn't, I was obviously not thinking that through. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I didn't peel my entire lip off. It kind of just came off really quickly. No biggie. No biggie at all. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was pretty much my adventure over Christmas. Uh, got it fired up, like I said yesterday, uh, out in the neighborhood. Now, it was pretty funny because I'm sitting out in the neighborhood, and I'm idling it and just kind of sitting there staring at it. And it's cold. I mean, it's in like the high 30s, low 40s, um, and I hadn't dressed up in anything cozy or anything. So I see these two guys come down my street, 
and they're you know they're they're probably four or five houses down and first few minutes they're just kind of looking and then they start walking down towards me i'm like oh shit here we go okay they're gonna Uh, know if you're registered yeah yeah so he the guy comes over and he's like dude we saw you idling your drone and we wanted to come and check check it out and i'm like what (laughs) i couldn't do it i just i mean i couldn't do it that poor guy would have heard (laughs) words he had never we saw you idling your drone i got a little electric one over there in my garage it's got a camera on it i'm like this is a helicopter <laughs> a nitro helicopter it's not a drone well you know what i mean i mean they're all uavs oh. and then so we of course we got into the registration conversation and i i was i wasn't really in the mood so i you know i was trying not to be a dick but anyway the guy proceeds to tell me um that he is going to start his own aerial photography business. Oh, sure. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. He has a DJI Inspire One. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, he's, you know, doing, uh, what is it, cartography and 3D mapping oh, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I said, so how are you going to get around the whole licensing thing, right? Because to do commercial UAVs, you have to be a commercial pilot, right? Yes, or yes, you do. some form of commercial pilot license. Well, let's, right? let me, let me, let me. So the nitpickers out there don't get pissy with me. Uh, <laughs> you have to have a 333 oh. exemption. Now, to have a 333 exemption, you have to have a certificate of authorization. And you have to have a pilot certificate. Could be a hot air balloon pilot or it could be... Oh. That's exactly what he told me. He's like, dude, I got a way around it. I'm going to become a hot air balloon pilot. (laughs) Five hours, guys. I don't even want to live in this world anymore. I told him. (laughs) Five hours. I said, you can put return to home on that shit. (laughs) This is what's wrong with everything, guys. This is what's wrong with it. So, yeah, you know, a little bit of entertainment there (laughs) while I was idling my drone. (laughs) You are such a better person than me. (laughs) Are you saying, Nick, that you might have had a... No, I would have been like... A little crunk. (laughs) Oh, really? I've never seen one of those... Those DJUs or whatever they're called. Can you? Can I see it? And then he would have brought it over, opened it. I would have pulled it out of the box and then beat his ass with it. <laughs> Said here, I just did you, me, and the whole world a favor. Oh man, sorry. Not that physical violence is the answer to. Well, it is sometimes. Sometimes. That is a good story. I like that. I uh, yeah. I've got one's very, it's not nearly as detailed or, or as, uh, I don't know, detailed might be the wrong word, but the day when I went to the hobby shop to buy my nephew his big evil drone for Christmas, mm-hmm. I'm in, now I've, I've had a couple not so good experiences with this local hobby town, right? The guy who bought it, <clears throat> it's the second owner, 
the first owner was a nice guy, didn't know anything. The second owner's a, a complete asshole and still doesn't know anything, right? But he likes to pretend like he does. And I walked in and um, just loaded with people. And I'm not even kidding, guys. There, there was probably 40 people in that tiny little store. And I would say more than half of them were down in the section where the little throwaway multi-rotors are. No exaggeration, right? So I'm kind of wiggling into the crowd. I mean, I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted. So I grabbed it, took it up to the counter, <laughs> and I said to the kid, uh, how many batteries do I need for this? I guess I should have been a little more specific and said, how many batteries do I need for this controller? Oh, no, no. It's got a little battery in there that you play. It's rechargeable. You can, you can recharge it. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, dude, how many batteries does the transmitter take? Anyway, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's like you're in there and they're like, they, I was listening to conversations happening to my right and to my left to the, with these guys behind the counter pointing at little helicopters, little micros, uh, you know, just get, seriously. It's like they need to hire somebody in there that knows a little something about these. Machines. Yeah. My local hobby shops are the same way. And I mean, you know, it's one thing if they're just trying to sell like the little kiosk drones, but I've, I've routinely been a party to conversations about like blade models, like 450 X or even, you know, some of the bigger pro series, because one of my hobby shops used to sell them when they were you know still uh available and just completely wrong stuff i mean yeah. they're not heli pilots they're all plankers and car people and for the most part they're not even that yeah they're they're, they're high school kids or college kids that are just working you know 16 hours a week so they can buy beer money right yep ay 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 anyway fun stuff yeah. I'm going to start though. You should, we should get a sticker made for your nitro and just it, the drone. That's what it'll be named. That's the name yeah, of, dude. Your nitro, of your nitro, the drone. I'm good with it. I like that. That's my week. How about you, Nick? Wow. Um, let's see. So did you just wake up? Besides for having no, <laughs> besides for having a well, I'm just just trying to think like where it all started. You did damn near give me a heart attack last week, Dan. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, on the good news front, I found out today. You know, uh, the last time I had flown my trioblin was at the Sagebrush deal, and that was the one that had all sorts of weird issues that I just couldn't figure out. Been kind of plaguing me for a while. And it was finally at the point where it was like, you know what? This has got to be a, a V-bar issue. I have my own little power bus. It's a mini V on there. Um, yeah. So, the, I mean, that was that was it. That's what the conclusion was. Well, today I was thinking around. I thought, you know what I never did? I never actually looked at the log. So, I plugged it in, looked at the log. And... Nothing but governor, what is it, governor RPM, not there or something like that, whatever that that warning message is 
of basically it's saying, hey, I'm losing RPM signal, like repeatedly. Every refresh line item was an error for that. And I'm going, well, you know, God, it sure, A, I had been having tail problems. Okay. Maybe if it was, that kind of makes sense because, you know, as soon as you take the power away, the tail starts to go. I thought, well, you know, when it was, like when you'd pitch pumping, it kind of, the tail would jerk and then rah, it just really like throw in the power and well, you know, just maybe. So it took a while to, because now you're at that point where it's like, all right, do I want to, what model do I want to put this on that I'm willing to crash to find out if that was the problem or not? So it took a little bit of, uh, you know, I got the 380 sitting there. Well, I don't, that one hasn't even been flown yet, so... That's not a good idea. I need to put this on a model that I've flown. So today I was like, all right, 570, here's the deal. You got to take one for the team. We need to find out <laughs> Oh no! If this, if this is any good or not. And we're going to do it in the backyard because it was too cold. I had an opportunity to fly today. It was like mid-30, so we're talking one degree or two degrees C. I just couldn't do it. And I, you know, I had some tinkering that I wanted to do and I thought, okay, I'm going to use this time because it's been pretty windy kind of all the time. And after having such just like amazing luck um, or not luck, but seeing how awesome it is to get these doing this trim method with the V control you know, where you do the auto trim and then set it down and do the whole swash adjustment deal. Um, I thought, hey, this is perfect to do this in the backyard. I mean, perfect. There's no wind back here. Uh, so, yeah, I decided, ah, screw it, I'll go for it. So, yep, put it on the 570, spooled it up, and I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. No problem at all. No issue. It was not a single issue. And it... it uh, Jesse was there. It reared its head very quickly. I mean, within seconds of taking off. Hmm. So, no, did a whole flight, set it back down. was like, wow, awesome. So then I got my head speed all dialed in with exactly where I wanted it and then did my auto trim flight. Then went ahead and did the uh, pyro correction, you know, where you're adjusting the swash back and forth and got it just freaking dialed. Absolutely dialed. Did that with the 570 and the 700. Um, 700 number one. So those are all ready to go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't get out and fly this weekend, but well worth it uh, to be able to do that. Now, la I guess it was last weekend. Was it last weekend that Jesse and I got out? So yes, usually I have to was. ask someone. Yeah. Yes, oh, man. Yes. I flew... A lot. We went out there. I ran into a new little problem as I'm pulling in. Normally, we park uh, like on the road. You know, you just pull off on the shoulder of the road. Yeah, well, you can't really do that with an eight-foot-wide trailer anymore. <laughs> I can't even remotely get far enough over. And I didn't really think about that. So, 
I just said screw it and drove out and drove up on the field. There's a little entrance down right where you pull off the road, pulled all the way up there, and it was awesome. Jesse came out, did, uh, man, I got a bunch. That was the first flights that I put since wiping everything clean. That was the first flights uh, on the 160 HV, which this I ended up bumping. the 700 two-blade. Yep, yep, 700 two-blade, bumped up the P&I gain on the Gov 1 point each, and I'm just, dude, loving it. Absolutely loving it. Uh, you know, I did some small mods to it, but nothing too much overall to that model. Put a couple frame stiffeners in there, raised up the battery tray uh, slash ESC tray as high as it would go. Get the CG up as much as I could by the, you know, by the boom height. And uh, yeah, no, put some, I mean, it felt really good to, to get that one back flying again. Wiped the 570 clean and started from scratch because I've got, the 100 LV on that. And so now with be, with it being 6S, it's significantly lighter. I was shocked at the difference. Like, man, I, don't, I just don't need near the RPM with it anymore. I mean, I really don't. I think I've got it set at like 2250 maybe. And 14 degrees of pitch. That's super slow, dude. It does not look like it. I mean, I think it's got to be the 14. It's got to be. Because it just, and it's so light now. I mean, you're, I don't remember. You probably do. It's like, it's six, I, I don't six even think point it's. nine five pounds. Yeah, not even Which seven pounds. Which is just freaking crazy. And I guess that makes sense. 2250, 2300. But I just hear that head speed on a 570 and think, what the hell? I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. It's just because of the lack of weight. And that was kind of this whole round, you know, like I've talked about before, is getting the weight down on the models, head speed down, pitch up, and loved it. Did some tuning on that. It was pretty cold, but not too bad. We did a bunch of, uh, Jesse signed off a bunch of stuff on the PPP. And yeah, it was an, it was good to be out at the field uh and just flying again. It felt like a normal flying day. Oh, I need one of those, dude. Yeah. So now I've got um the little teeny Xenova motor showed up for the 380. So I've got that to put in. I'm waiting on should be here any day now. Um I will have the 50 50 MPSC showing up for that. And uh, they're sending out a 120 for me to try, which is a, a low-voltage one with a BEC. So I think I'll go ahead and put that in the 570 because it, you know, the 100 was kind of like, it'll work. But if, you know, if I'm out in the hot weather and decide that I do want to crank up the head speed, I had a little bit of worry with that 100 LV in there. So the 120 will be just perfect. Now, does that have a BEC in it? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Yep. Just a beefed up version nice. of the of the 100. So, you know, it'll add a little bit of weight, but not that much. And it, it's really much more of a, air quotes, ideal setup. So, yeah, the cool part with finding out that that V-bar is good is that, 
I now don't need to be waiting on anything to fly the 500. Because that's what I've been waiting for is those backordered Neos to show up. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm going to slap the Mini V on it there. It hasn't gotten Maiden yet. No. Oh, dude. Everything else is, is ready. I still haven't put the final decision on the motor for it, but I have that 4025, 550 that'll work for now. I think I'd like to get something a little bit higher KV, like maybe this, I think Scorpion's got a 650, or I think Xnova has a 650, right, Justin? 670 is what I'm running, or which, or, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused with the R5. I've got a 600 in the R5, but in that size, it's like a 670 or a 710, I think. I think the 670 would be would be great because with a 24 tooth, I'll be able to get in a 550. I'll be able to get up to about 3300. That works. That'll or do 30, it. 3200. But it's uh, that's a 24 tooth, and I can't go anymore. I mean, that's it. So I'd rather get about 100 kV more, and you know, be able to drop down a tooth and and have a little bit more fudging room because. I'm shooting for about 3,200, but who knows? I mean, if I have good luck and maybe put some speed, can you know, track down some speed style blades on it, might be able to get it up to 33. Yep. True. Yeah, yeah. Past that, I think that's, I think that's it. You know, that reminds me before we move on to the news. Um, I already posted it on Facebook, but. Uh, Andrew Hinton Lever of OptiPower UK has sent me a prototype 14S2700 Ultra Pack to try out in the Gowie. This is the new 14S version that I was talking to people about before, and uh, I'm super excited. Like with my 600 kV motor and the 22 tooth pinion, I should be able to get up to like 35 or 3600 RPM. Wow. And yeah. here I'm talking about maybe trying to get like 33. Yep. Out of a 500. Oh, yes. Now, I'll creep up on it. I mean, we're getting into the danger zone there, so we got to be careful. But um, thanks to Andrew and the OptiPower guys, and uh, I've already got a bunch of listeners that have expressed interest, so I'll keep people posted. It'll do, you know, like a little bit of a mini review, just keep people up to speed on how it's performing, IRs, currents, that sort of thing. And with the weather the way it is, it'll probably take me the next couple of months to get any appreciable number of cycles on it anyway. That's nuts. Okay, so let's do a quick, before we do the news, let's do a quick, awesome Christmas gift recap. Oh. Doesn't have to be highly related because I'm excited. I got spoiled. I got completely button hooked. I must have done something right this year. Apparently buying a motorhome and getting my whole family to all of the events. Made a difference. Got me some, it? it made a big difference. <laughs> I ended up um, with a new iWatch. And I bought a new iPad mini myself. A couple days. Uh, it'll be here, I think, tomorrow or something. And then my wife also got me an Xbox One. So, and Fallout 4, 
which means this weekend when the cold weather is happening, working on that hand-eye coordination, right, Dan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Justin, good gifts. Yes. So, for me, uh, let's see here. I got, you're going to laugh, but this is something that I've really been wanting. Um, because I'm a huge tea snob. I don't know if people know that about me. Why does that not surprise me? It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that hear it, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I didn't he's know that. He's a beer dude, snob, he's a drink me. snob, now he's a tea so, snob. You um, see a pattern here? I finally got a really nice, like, Chinese tea set that I can bring into work in oh my, my office God. because my 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 office is big. Oh like I've got a huge table that I can put five people around and a teleconference and stuff like that. And so and I spend a lot of time doing meetings in my office. So that's something that I was really excited about. I actually bought my wife the Xbox One which kind of <laughs> sort of works for me too although she's more crazy nowadays about video games than I am. Um and let's see here what else. Oh, got a bunch of gift cards, clothes and stuff like that. Um yeah, I that that I would say that's that's about it. Nice. Interesting. And Dan yeah, we don't need to go. We went through yeah, mine last what, week. You bought all no, your that stuff. Other you win. You. I mean, if we're talking about Helly Christmas, that's different because it's Helly Christmas every day for me. Well, lately for Dan, it's been Helly so Christmas. So, what, what did every someone get you? Did they get you like some underwear or socks? A uh, bag of carrots. Bag of carrots. No. Okay. Uh, you know, we. I, my family's Cucumber. very, very small, right? You know, my brother is the only one around here. So, and we've made an agreement, my brother and his wife and me, that we don't, if we're going to buy any gifts, it's for the kids, right? That's, so that really sums it up. So, you know, okay. it was just more of a- So you get to buy all yours, exactly. which is awesome. Yeah. And on top of that, Nothing. I don't have to worry about buying, and I'm doing the, the finger quotes here, adult gifts, right? The, what do you, like grown people that have shit that they, you know, want already- you know, that's a pain in the ass. What do you buy somebody for Christmas? Uh, well, just for the record, I'll put it out there. I keep a public Amazon <laughs> wish list, pretty much 365. It's always up there. You can log in if you're ever curious what I might want. That's a good idea. Dude, I seriously do it. That's what, what do you want? What do you want? You just, everyone. Here you go. Here you go. I keep it live. So it's like, you know. I'm constantly updating it. Please check in about once a week. <laughs> oh my god! It's I'm serious though, and it, it's not for that. It's more so for what do you have on there? I browse a lot on Amazon, right? Probably How like what I? you do. It's yeah, just I don't that. put it on a wish list. I just buy the shit. Well, so here's the thing: I don't like. I have a lot of small things that I need to get that I just. You know, you don't feel like I don't feel like doing an order for something that's seven bucks or eight bucks. So I'll wait until I do kind of like a little batch order or a lump deal. And the only way that I can remember, because I can't remember shit like ever, is that I put it in the wish list so that I remember to get it the next time. And then I just go in there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, let's see. I want to go buy this new camera bag. Um, 
yes, I'm ready. I for sure I want to go buy a new camera bag. I'll hop over the wish list and go. Oh, that's right. Here's three or four or five other small little camera things that I want to get as well. I'll just buy it all at the same time. So that's what I use it for, and it's it's really good for not remembering or for not forgetting that small stuff. True. I actually did buy uh, something for myself that is not, you know, it's more typical as opposed to what I, you know, the helicopters and the car and all that shit, right? (laughs) So I was thinking, I was trying to figure out a solution for music in the trailer. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I went through, I was, went through this thing. Well, maybe I can put a 12 volt stereo car stereo. And I'm like, I started looking at that and I'm like, ugh, that's, you know got to cut holes and run wires and who needs that shit right i don't i don't want to deal with that and uh i i know this isn't new technology but i don't ever look into this shit and i found some bluetooth uh speakers oh yeah called eu booms by logitech they're they're kind of expensive and i actually found these about three four weeks ago and uh so the other day when I was in Pullman, I you know I must have signed up for some Best Buy. I get I get these, um, you know, fire sale emails from them. Like, the next twelve hours, yada yada yada. Well, these two hundred dollars speakers were on sale for ninety nine dollars, and if you bought two, you could get them for one hundred and sixty eight dollars. And so I picked up those, and it was kind of they showed up right before Christmas. And I love they're they're fantastic. They they link together. You can play them in stereo. Nice. And uh, they're they're the size of a beer can. How they get that much sound out of something so small is just amazing. It's crazy. It, huh? It's just it's spooky. It's like I you know you think back to like when I was uh, even a young adult out of high school, early twenties. We were still buying the rack stereos. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The, the separate components, your receivers and your CD decks. Mm-hmm. And, and these things were monstrous. But you needed that to get the sound. You know? Now it's like sound is coming out of such small devices. It's amazing. So that was kind of a cool little thing. And it's really nice because they're so small, they're very portable. I can take them anywhere. So... That was kind of a cool little thing that I found. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Now I don't have to worry about putting music in the uh, trailer. Just uh, two beer cans, essentially. It's kind of nice. Let's do news. News. This week's news, guys, is brought to you by superiority.com. Dude, man, Larry. Look them up. If you have the need of somebody who can design your webpage, he can do it for you. What do we got for news this week, guys? We have a very awkward and weird TSA video. I don't get it. I don't either. It says TSA model coming soon, promo tour 2016. It's got like some clips of a nitro, but clips of an electric and... Some really awkward music. <laughs> awesome. Just, I, I, I don't even, I mean, it's like it was so weird. I had to put it in here because I want people to go see it. But 
just let it be known. I don't think you're going to... Don't try to understand it. Someone's got to know something about it so they can tell us. Yeah. I mean, this is the news, dude. This is the news at RCHN. I don't know. It's just weird. So watch it and then maybe go about your day. That's a, this that's is a, the most epic news ever. Such a reading endorsement. This is just great. It's a, it's a reading endorsement. You just can't. You can't. Just go watch it and be about your day. Just get it over with. Go do what you got to do. Act as though you never saw this. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it is like, weird. I've watched it like three or four times. I'm sure some listeners going to send us an email bill like, you guys are D-bags. You missed the point. It's this. But right now, I'm not getting it. I could pretty much sum it up in what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rumbling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that can be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to you. I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Not like a little Billy Madison. (laughs) Uh, Dan, did you watch it? You guys never gave me a link. Oh, come on, man. It's Dude, in the- I know. I'm on a completely different setup because of this whole OS X Mackie bullshit oh. that I'm going through. Send it to him on Messenger, dude. He's got he's to watch no this. For this. I ain't got no time for yeah, this. Yeah, I'll watch it later. Jetty ha- yeah, you I'll watch, watch it later. I'm, I'm sending it right now while you do the Jetty news. All right, I'll watch it. Well, you should be doing the Jetty news. No, I, I got to get. I need Dan's reaction on this. So you do the Jetty news. Okay. Well, there's there's not really that it much information. Right, by the way, it, you D-bag. Hey, shush. Shush your face. Jetty has the, you know, we had talked about the DC-24, which is the tray style, but it hadn't made it over to the U.S. yet. Well, it looks like um, I've got a, a link to a thread on December 17th in our C-groups that the first one made it to the U.S., so this is a standard one. Um, haptic feedback, microphone, model image, and color setting. They've got a whole bunch of pictures of it up. Good Lord, that's a big radio. Um, the screen looks really nice, though. Yeah, it does. It's a good high-resolution color screen. And, I mean, to be clear, the first one that made it to the U.S. is at Esprit Jetty USA going through uh, FCC trials. So they, oh, they need okay, to get it gotcha. registered and make sure that it's, you know, it passes all the FCC communications requirements and all that crap. And then after they do that, the the DS-24 will come uh, shortly thereafter, I would say, probably by mid-spring is when I'm expecting to see it. And that's like the, the more typical size, the non-tray radio, kind of like the one I've got. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, well, it's got a lot of really cool features, man. Now, you know, admittedly, a lot of them upon initial inspection, I feel like are probably more Plank uh, related. And so, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine. Although I started out saying that when I started looking at all the software, 
that I have on mine. And now a year on, I I feel like I've used a number of additional things where I first blew it off like, oh, yeah, dude, that's just for plankers. And then I found a way to make it useful for helis, and it's freaking awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they've got in store. I'm not sure I'm going to jump on this one uh, anytime soon just because I really like mine, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, it'd be, I don't, I don't know if I could do, make the switch to tray. No, 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 yeah. not, not tray, but the DS version, the non tray oh, gotcha. when that does come out. This sucker's got, man, the DC talk about switches up in this pitch. Oh, it's huge, man. dude. It's a big yeah. radio. Well, that's all I have for news. So I watched your video. Yep. Okay. I I have a very benign reaction to it. It's like, meh, whatever. I mean, it's no different than any of Just these other videos that are trying to be out. Go about your day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I didn't find it. Yeah, but what what is it? It says coming soon. Oh, and right before the, the three previous frames leading up to the coming soon frame are a nitro an electric and some spin blades. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention close enough, I guess, then. Did you, did you well, like the high-energy beat? I, no, I hate that kind of music, right? <laughs> oh. Uh, but I did, I thought it had some nice, clean photography, aerial photography in it. So the scenery is kind of cool. What a cool place to go fly, right? You're just yeah, compliment th- sandwiching. Yeah, I yeah. dude, that, that music that Nick and Jesse puts in their video, it's just, that's that same... Kind of just. Oh, that's not that bad. Come on, dude. Shit sucks, dude. It just sucks. I have to admit, I do like that kind of music when it comes to videos. Traitor. Oh, dude, I still listen to our regular metal stuff, but. You know. Should have brought you, bought you a Britney Spaniels or Britney Spaniels. Britney Spaniels. <laughs> Who the hell is Britney Spaniels? <laughs> I got dogs on the mind, all right? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Britney Spaniels. I should have bought oh. you her CD, right? Yes, you should have. You really should have. I agree. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Britney Spaniels and Christina Cockerpoodle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could I could work with that last name. Yeah, I could. Oh wow, wow. All right, let's get out of here. I I got some news. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's um. I just don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this because we talked about it a lot last week. But I've got. I want to let our listeners in on something that I'm doing. Cause I, one thing I got to tell you and Nick, you can tune out if you'd like, cause I'm going to talk politics for a minute. I'm out. <laughs> one thing I am absolutely getting tired of hearing is the guys need to do some research before they talk about this shit. Well, let me tell you what I've been doing for the past week with the help of Ken. We have been compiling a, a, uh, a timeline of, News releases, press releases, um, blog releases when it comes to the AMA and the FAA. 
as we dig deeper into this relationship, my suspicions, my tinfoil hat is getting thicker. Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to re- we're going to talk about this at some point when we finish doing putting together audio clips, quotes, and various other uh, little tidbits that we found on the internet. Uh, and these all of these sources that we have are all directly from the AMA site and the FAA site and the DOT site and a few news organizations that are deemed respectable. Not, in other words, not the onion. Okay. So when it comes right down to it, I I just, I got, I I was getting tired of hearing that, that complaint that we didn't do our research. You don't do your research. And, um, when this is put together, I would suspect those who disagree with my opinion are going to still disagree with my opinion. This timeline that we've put together or in the process of putting together is going to, it's going to open some eyes, I think, because we're finding some very conflicting uh, reactions. Look for that. Probably, I would imagine we'll be able to get it done probably in two weeks. When I get it done, I'd like to bring Ken on the show uh, so we can do like a 20-minute segment, 15, 20 minutes, and go over this timeline. And we'll let you, the listener, make up your mind. Uh, Last week was all about my perception of what I think is happening based on what I've read. Yeah, I I have one more thing to say about that. Um, You brought up that it's your perception, and I agree. Um, I think that was the whole point of last week's show. Research or no research, perception is reality, and we're a group of guys just like anyone else. The way we do this, guys, is have a conversation amongst the four of us that is not dissimilar from having a conversation with all of you or if, if you are standing next to us at the field and things are said that have our perceptions that may not be entirely based in fact. And, and, and not through, necessarily thought out because it's and through just a, a conversation. community conversation, we come to something that makes sense. Uh, so I'm not going to get into the whole pissing match that's been going on over that topic. Um, it is perception. Uh, I will say for people who think the show's entertainment only think again, we bust our asses to be incredibly factual about the black and white topics that make a difference for the hobby. But when we're talking religion, politics, sex, drugs, or rock and roll, I'm going to say whatever the hell it is I want to say based on how I'm feeling at that time. And if people don't agree with it, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you can fast forward to the next segment. Yeah, I've only got, I mean, you know, just to be to be fair to everyone, we only have a limited amount of time, you know, that, that we can do this and do family stuff and do work and, and still get out and fly and have a little bit of hobby ourselves. So from, I mean, me personally, when it comes to topics, I'm going to put a lot more time into what I'm good at you know, naturally my stuff, the technical side of it, uh, the tuning side of it and that sort of a thing. I mean, we all have, everyone has a niche that we fall into and I'm not a political kind of guy. And if I, I mean, if I want to go on there and be like, you know what, from everything I see, I'm really disappointed in the AMA 
Well, guess what? It's my damn right because that's Absolutely. how I feel. Absolutely. If it's if that is an uneducated statement, then okay, that's on me. That's like you know, like we said, that's my perception of it, and that's because that's that's not my thing. And I hope that people don't come on. If you if you're coming on this show looking for political facts from Nick. <laughs> Well, the other thing is you that missed something somewhere in our general yeah. expectation is that the people that listen to us are critical enough thinkers to be able to say, hey, I hear what that guy just said. I don't necessarily agree. I'm going to go do some research myself. Right. Yes, absolutely. It's it's the purpose of when I bring up something, it's to get people thinking, to get you riled up about something. Well, wait a minute. What the heck's going on? And then go do your own. Every single person should be doing their own research and reaching their own conclusions on the research that they have done. And that that's a really good point because, you know, we say it all the time. Let's speculate. That's what we do here. We like to speculate. Mm-hmm. And the simple matter of the fact, look, when it when it comes to politics or religion, right? It, it's it's everybody's got their own opinion. You you can state your opinion and you can disagree with, with somebody's opinion. Uh, but, and that's okay because that's, that's a great way uh, for the world to be. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have everybody, if everybody agreed, if we said stuff that every one of our listeners agreed with every week, do you think that how boring would it be? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. What when I think about this podcast and what what my role has been in this podcast, it kind of goes back to the beginning and it's my ability I I feel like and I might be stepping out of my uh I might I might be I don't know. This might sound a little strange, but I feel like I can I've got a good idea how to read people, how to how to look at a situation and kind of predict an outcome, especially when it, when it comes to politics and stuff like that. Uh, obviously that's just my thought, my perception of it. Right. But it, you know, I mean, I mean, let's look at it this way. I mean, when I first met Nick, I knew right away that Nick was going to be a great addition to the show. And I was right. When I met Justin, I knew right away that Justin was going to be a great addition to the show. And I was right. When I met Jesse, I knew he was going to be a great addition to the show. And I was wrong. (laughs) 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 Only kidding, Jesse. Only kidding. You know, when it it comes right down, I mean, to the the whole process. And and look, two years ago, I said, and I haven't, I should pull a clip, but I guess it doesn't matter. Multi-rotors are going to change this hobby forever. And we need to get together and do something about it. We need to come to some, we need to somehow make make this so it doesn't affect us. Well, guess what it did? And I was, I was, I, I don't want to say uh, ridiculed or mocked, but I had a fair amount of people that were sending emails saying, come on, dude, put the tinfoil hat away. They're not going to do anything to the hobby side, right? They just, they won't. Well, they did. <laughs> and I knew it was going to happen. So anyway, it is what it is. And when I see What's happening, I, I gain my, I, I uh, look at my perception and my, the, the way the world works, and I come to a conclusion, and I may be wrong, but it's, my, it's, 
I, I'm entitled to be wrong. And that's okay if you don't agree with me. That's all there is to it. So, yeah, enough of that bullshit. Look, look, look for this. I can't wait to release this. I can't timeline. wait, too, because I feel like I'm going to learn from it. Yeah, dude. I mean, Ken has just been killing it with. I've got a list of timelines of links with dates. And I mean, that's four pages long. Uh, that just nothing jives. Uh, let me just give you a quick example and we'll move on. In January of, of, of this year, first of the year, the FAA sent out to law enforcement a, uh, a checklist of these, this, these new drone rules that they say are just coming to, into effect. In January, they sent that checklist out to local law enforcement. Nothing about that from the AMA. No response. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Dude, man, Larry, look him up if you need some web help. With all the different retailers out there, it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money. Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you, though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. Nick and I are going to take a short nap while Justin... No. Here's for his dissertation on uh, the second half of the long-awaited, much-anticipated speed conversation. What do you mean, no? You got this, don't you? I do, but that wouldn't be as fun. I need some interaction up in this bitch. Oh, I got your interaction right. Oh, I bet you do. Speed's fast. Go fast. Oh, there he goes to the left. There he goes to the right. Man, you got to get on board, man. Lots of people are interested in this stuff now. And then if it's Justin, it's like, oh, there. Hey, where'd it go? Oh. Oh, Oh, no. You can see where it was going the entire time, buddy. (laughs) Get the golf cart. Oh, painful. All right, Mr. Poochie. Yeah. Let's talk about the team players. I want to go right into, and I mean right into the airframes. We're going to start big. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Uh, give, okay. Give me a list. I want your top three. For what? I want... No, this this is this is competition stuff here. I want best of the best. Top of the food chain. The big chili dog. <laughs> okay. So uh, then we're, we're going straight to the 700 class. Yep. Um, for those who aren't aware, there are very few really competitive models out there. Of course, you've heard me talk a lot about the Minicopter Diablo Speed. Uh, that's a, a 1 in 50, or actually now I think it's 1 in 62 limited production run, full fuselage, speed-specific helicopter. Um, there is the venerable Henselit, originally as the TDR-1, right? Um, in pod and boom version, but uh, about 
two or three years ago, an aftermarket company came out with what is referred to as the TDV or the 3D velocity fuselage. It's a custom uh, full carbon fiber layup fuselage that makes it look all sleek and tuna fish like, kind of like the Diablo. And that wraps around the standard 3D model TDR1 mechanics. And for, I'd say, leading up to last year, Urcha 2014, that was still a very competitive model, and you saw a number of them. It's not that it isn't anymore, but uh, Henslet is coming out with the TDR2. In fact, I probably should have brought it up in news. Uh, it uh, The first 50 or 100 were released to German customers over the last week. And then they will start shipping internationally probably within the next month or so. And the TDR2 is a pretty impressive uh, machine because in the pod and boom version, it's super sleek. And the team pilots were putting up numbers in the, you know, 270s kilometers an hour, which in miles per hour is in the 160s or so in a pod and boom. Wow. That's not the TDS, which is the full fuselage with the elevated tail rotor um, that they've gotten unofficial speeds in excess of 300 kilometers an hour. But we don't even know if that one is, I mean, is that one going to hit the market? Yeah, it is. Jan is trying to get all the TDR2s out right now. And if you're on the list, you can either accept a TDR2 now and put your name on the list for a TDS conversion, which is basically just the tail boom. Or you can tell him to wait and don't give you the TDR2 now, just put you further on the list on the TDS. So, uh, you know, in t- and, and that's what we're talking about in terms of world-class fuselaged competitors. Um, there are a couple of people that have done custom things before, Uh, You know that SAB this season came out with the speed competition version. They've got a couple of different prototypes uh, of that, and I think each one changes little bits and pieces here or there. I don't know yet, and maybe you do, Mr. SAB, Nick, whether they intend to bring that to market. They're not pursuing it as if they are. It's just kind of been a kind of like a relaxed approach and see what they can come up with. They've had a couple of team pilots compete with it, but that's about it. Yeah, they. I think they want to. But, you know, as SAB is definitely not on the lower, cheaper end of the spectrum. Oh, no. But I, uh, they also don't want to end up in crazy high boutique. I mean, look how popular the Goblin Speed was. You know, because they took something that was very capable and it was still reasonably priced. I mean, it blew everything out of the market when it came out. So I think they're, you know, for what it was, should I say. So I think that my guess, if I had to guess, was that the whole project ended up like retailing like, wow, we are really going to have to charge way more than we we believe we want to. Uh, put something into the market for. So my gut kind of says that's why is they're still trying to figure out um, fine tuning it more to get the cost down. 
Yeah, and, you know, honestly, at least where we are in speed right now, it's hard to believe for me that any fully fuselaged, competition-capable model is not going to be boutique because there's mm-hmm. just not that much demand, right? It's, yeah. It's essentially a low-volume custom thing. Yeah. Uh, well, they got to make it worth their while, too. Oh, I mean, absolutely. If they're going to stop production on something that's making them good money to produce these. Yep. Uh, I mean, you got to make it close. So now I I think it's also maybe fair to say, okay, I guess we're out of top three, but I, from all of you, what you've said and what we've seen and the numbers that you've put up and some of the other guys are putting up, the R5 is definitely creeping into that more than impressive category. Oh yeah, dude. It, it's, it is way better than I think anyone expected. Um, in terms of capability to perform, and I don't think we've seen it full out yet. I don't think we've seen it balls to the wall, which is part of why I wanted to get this 14S system on it. Um, it is an incredibly sleek design, super fast. I'm wondering whether Gowie's going to take those lessons learned and put it into an X, an uh, an R7, because Ouch. that's when they, you know, they can really get competitive with the big guys. Yeah. Um, cool. So what kind of, uh, I mean, when we're talking 700s, what kind of head speeds are we talking as far as like, where do you, wh- where is your kind of baseline with uh, a model uh, com- competitive? You know, we're not talking about pod and boom, your T-Rex 700 or anything. I'm talking like you have a competitive full fuselage. Where do you start with? And what are you kind of shooting for target-wise, hoping to get to? Most of the fuselage models out there uh, will start at around twenty-five to 2,600 as a baseline. Um, and then work up from there, depending on how the model behaves. On the Diablo speed right now, most of us that are running that uh, competitively are running between... I'd say 2650 and 2800. Um, I'm right around 2750 right now. Uh, Santiago, uh, my buddy who took first place at OHB, I think he was running 2800 on his. And so now, you know, Miles Dunkel and uh, the owner of Minicopter, Gerd, have tested it well above 3000 RPM. Uh, so it's fully capable of operating at that level. Uh, but, you know, there's a diminishing returns on head speed there. Now, I mean, that's a lot of power that it takes oh. to turn that head. Um, well, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of wear and tear. So, I mean, it kind of strikes me as like run, make sure your skills are up to par first and then start creeping up. I would say 2500 is a nice, good balance for a fuselage model. 2300 mm-hmm. for pod and boom, 2500 for a fuselage, and then creep up from there. I mean, plain and simple. Nice. Now, what, like, pitch? Well, so, uh, you know, you'll have to fat, or, uh, rewind back to the first part to get all the details on pitch versus head speed. There's a reason why it's important to get those uh, uh, mixed together correctly. But for pitch... If you're competing, you're in the range of 14 to 17 degrees. 
I'm running 15 and a half on the Diablo speed. Uh, some of the Henselet guys in years past, I have heard at least have run up to 18 degrees of pitch on their TDV models. Uh, now, I don't think they run that much anymore. I don't think most people run much above 16 because, okay. as we discussed, that gets you into some retreating blade stall issues and also some compressibility effects on the uh, advancing blade. Wow. That's a whole lot of pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, mean, so I, was, I was a little bit ahead of my time back in the day. Dude, 22 <laughs> yeah, degrees. Day. Dan, I would love to see you speed that. Mo- well, that was a nitro, wasn't it? 600 nitro. Ooh. An OS 50. Oh. Hell yeah, dude. That's how the I roll, OS man. 50 yeah. can barely keep the damn thing hovering. It had, it had some snap, though, didn't it, Nick? It did. It had a tremendous amount of pop for a foot. And then it shut down. And then the blade stopped. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, <laughs> it was pretty intense. Okay, so motors. I want to. I, I want you to talk about motors. I know that you have tried a whole bunch of different ones from Scorpions to KDE, Xnova, um, Contronic. What I mean is there. I'm sure there's got to be a handful of like these are just the ones to choose from, or is it more of an open market than that? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's a little bit more of an open market. You got to be careful when you talk motors and speed controllers in particular, um, because the conversation can quickly turn to brand bias. Uh, and so I'll do my best not to do that. I really do think that all of the brands offer good speed motors, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, the, I, I think the, uh, the, the big three brands that offer the top of the line are the 50 millimeter models, right? So you've got the Contronic Pyro 850, you've got the Scorpion, uh, they've got the 5035, 550, I think the new one that, uh, George just put out this summer. It's like 21,000 Watts. It eats like one flight pack per flight and you just got to go and get a new new battery afterwards <laughs> um and then the one that i'm running right now is the x nova which is a 50 uh 50 millimeter uh can as well and you know the the those guys are nice because they uh, put out a lot more torque um their power ranges are up into the teens of kilowatts between I'd say 13 and 16 kilowatts, which when you're running 15, 16 degrees of pitch at 2,800 RPM, you're pulling constant powers in the 14 to 15 kilowatt range. And so you got to be able to do that uh, without missing a beat. Uh, If you move down into sort of the 45 millimeter series, there are a lot more options out there. And then I would say in general, you can probably find uh a motor for whichever brand you like the most uh it, it bears mentioning that the scorpion 4530 540 the uh the old school classic 540 is a great speed motor uh in a lighter weight version the 4525 520 which is actually more like a 535 is a great speed motor as well 
X Nova's got a whole bunch of uh, 45s that are really nice, even some 45 35s. Uh, the, the pyros from Contronic are a little bit trickier because they're smaller staters. So uh, the, the 750 is a 4425, and it just doesn't handle the power quite as well. Mine got super hot. Uh, even with solid core winding, it's not, it just, I don't think it works for much more than a, a pod and boom. That's interesting because usually they they run really cool. Yeah, it's, I think it's just a limit of that particular motor. Remember, if you run a too small of a motor, you can get yourself into high current issues and that heats things up. Um, yeah. I'd say generally speaking, though, what you want in a speed motor is solid core motor highest diameter of the wire possible we're talking 1.6 to 2 millimeters depending on some of the custom winds that gets your resistance down really low it also gives you uh, better cooling a lot of people don't think about it but when you have a stranded wire uh, it packs more densely in between the little slots in the stator and that prevents airflow from getting through the stator as effectively Oh yeah, and yeah. So makes sense. Uh, that that makes it a challenge. Also, uh, if you're tuning things correctly, you want your uh, duty cycle on the speed controller to be pretty damn close to a hundred percent, which means you are not going to have to deal with skin effect losses in solid core um, like you would under 3D partial loads, which is part of the reason why uh, a lot of the 3D motors do better as strandeds instead of solids interesting now are there uh, i mean when i hear numbers like twenty one thousand watts right i just my gut says these speed controllers it's, it's got to be just like borrowed time every time no not really because the speed controller isn't dissipating that kind of power right that's all uh mechanical power or or at least electrical power at the windings of the motor the speed controllers it's capable these the ones that we use are capable of handling the higher current so you got cosmic you've got the yge if you're so inclined to not think that the yge 160 or 200 is good enough you can even get a yge 320 which I shit you not, they basically take two 160s and they bolt them together. <laughs> uh, it, it, that's exactly what really? it is. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. In fact, it has six motor wires. So you attach the, the output wires to the motor in pairs of two for each of the three phases. You can do that? Yeah. Now, well, I mean, there's some programming in there, right, to make it all talk. But that is basically what they do. And then, you know, new kit on the block, not really tested in speed yet, but the Hobbywing 160 and the rumored 200 could make a big difference in terms of affordability of power setups if that thing comes online and works well under these mm-hmm. high loads. Oh, yeah. Oosh. Dollars. All I'm hearing is dollars, man. Well, and that's what's nice about the Hobby Wing, dude. That thing's like, what, 500 bucks? Yeah. Even if the 200 was $600, I mean, you you buy a Cosmic 200 Cool with a heat sink, that's 950 bucks. (laughs) 
That's an entire helicopter. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Ooh. So now are you running, like, are you running a governor in these? Yes, I do. Uh, you'll, you'll get, um, you'll get various opinions, uh, discussing whether a governor is acceptable or not in a speed heli seems to be somewhat akin to talking FAA versus AMA topics nowadays. Um, my honest opinion and from my own testing, the governor makes the most sense, uh, you want something to actively control the head speed to the level that you're looking for so that you minimize undershoot and you minimize overshoot. It's all about uh, it's all about being efficient. And when you get wide variations in the head speed throughout the flight, uh, you just cannot optimize your speed that way. And so you have to tune it. And this is where the this is where the telemetry comes in. You got to look at the PWM percentage or the duty cycle and the way you're supposed to tune your throttle curve and gearing is such that when you're under full load maximum collective in the middle of the run, you are just coming up to 99 or 100 percent. And that means that you're you've got a pedal to the metal and you're still able to maintain a reasonably good head speed holding under that load. My cosmic, uh, for, and for those out there that are running cosmics or want to for speed, the magic number on throttle curves about seventy-seven and a half percent. Go much above that, and it doesn't do all that well in governing. But right around seventy-five to seventy-seven, uh, it won't drop more than a hundred or so RPM under a two hundred and fifty amp load. If your packs can handle if it. If your packs can handle it. Yes. Good point. Mm. So, fly barless systems. All right, here you go. Insert. Oh, here we go. I know. Insert BD plug, but name them all. Are there others? Oh, yeah. Uh, BD is the is the sort of um, the classic speed fly barless system. Why? Uh, the particular control algorithm, uh, specifically on cyclic is very tolerant to these kinds of dynamics and they give you tunability on stuff like decay rate, uh, for cyclic, which is really important in being able to get the model to hold straight level flight without ballooning or dolphining. Uh, another very popular one, go figure B stacks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, lots of people run BSTEX on speed. Uh, it it seems to work very well. I've not tried it myself, uh, but I've heard a lot of good things from people who do run it, uh, and I know a number of of competitive pilots that run the BSTEX. The other one is VBAR, and even more so now that the 6.0 software comes with uh, some speed compensating parameters in there that you can you can uh, update uh, mm-hmm. that seems to work out really well. Now beyond V bar, uh, it starts to get hit or miss from there. Uh, recently we talked about in the news, Angelos um, came up with a speed mode on the Spartan. I saw it in person on Burt's goblin speed competition. It works great. Uh, before that it was challenged. And so, uh, you know, I think Spartan's going to be a new one. Hopefully more speed people will give it a try. 
Skookum, I've heard mixed reviews on more bad than good. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, take that as it is. I do have one more. And, you know, I didn't put this in the news, so I'm actually going to I'm going to bring this up right now. Okay. You know, I'm in the middle of doing the three digi review. And being that that is based out of the same area of the world where a lot of this popular stuff comes from. I have not personally tested it, but rumor has it that the three digi does speed very well. That is what I have heard as well. It, it would and, not surprise me. No, that doesn't surprise me one bit. And they actually released it for sale in the U.S. this last week, and they're doing an introductory price of a hundred bucks. That is freaking crazy, dude. One hundred dollars. Oh my god. Now, okay, so here's what I want to let everyone know. I'm going to, I mean, I can't do like the whole review thing, but flying-wise, I'm not seeing any issues at all. Like, I would have no, if you're just saying, dude, I just need a fly barless system that flies and that's got good solid software, 100 bucks, you can't lose. Trust me. Infinitely adjustable. Um the adjustment capability is just insane. It is a tw- it is a tweaker's dream, um, but you don't necessarily have to. So that's kind of the cool part. Now it's it is capable. Uh, the actual physical hardware is capable of you know governor self self leveling, blah blah blah. That whole routine. They released it. They did not release those things with it. So I just want to let everyone know that at this point, it's just a really good, solid fly barless system. Um, but, I mean, it's still kind of like, yes, but for 100 bucks, it's small, compact. Uh, and just knowing that they're going to go in that direction and knowing that they know that that's a big deal to do kind of tells me, like, and that I happen to know that, like, the governor's next on the list. It's kind of like, eh. And they're working jetty integration. They they are doing jetty integration. That's actually right now. And then uh, next after that will be the governor stuff. So for 100 bucks, I feel like it is definitely worth it, worth it to go pick up one or two. Just, uh, I, I feel like it's an... A lot of people inv- are, are changing are trying it's an and investment at you. this point. Yes, it's an investment at this point and you got to go into it kind of knowing that. But from what I've seen, I don't have a ton of time on of it because of our weather and everything else. I'm not concerned about the flight performance. And I've had like the software has been super solid for me. I haven't actually had one issue. Believe it or not, I went through the software completely in German the first time and set it up and flew my model. So yep. that should, that should tell you that like it's intuitive, but anyway, I just want to let everyone know that, uh, that was out there should have been in the news. Sorry. Yeah. And well, and taking it back into the conversation, when you get done with your review, uh, I think you're going to hand it over to me so that I can do sort of a speed specific mini review. We'll, we'll just add on a little bit to what you wrote up. Yeah, uh, that way we get a feel for things there. But yeah, I mean, here's the nice thing about speed on fly barless systems. If the developer is interested, then they can make they should be able to with relative ease make modifications 
to the algorithm or to the tunability that allows it to be a better speed system. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I wouldn't get crazy and go out and buy a brand new system that you've never used before. If this is your first speed heli, give it a try with your fly barla system, do some research, but know that you could get yourself stuck in a frustrating situation. If you happen to have one that is less robust to speed, type environments and then you know you're risking potentially chasing your tail or burning yourself out on speed when it has nothing to do with the discipline it's all about the fly barless system not being ideal that's all cool so last time we had talked about um we had talked about cg and how it was important to have you know the model nose heavy but what we didn't get to is i want to know exactly how you cg your models yeah okay so uh how do you cg the model well you cg the model the same way that you cg any helicopter um i like to use the knife edge method where you hold the heli up by both main blade grips and you let the nose and or tail move where it will uh, to identify what the airframe is CG'd at, where, you know, is it nose heavy? Is it tail heavy? Is it neutral? And you do it from both directions. So I spin it around nose left, nose right, because you get a slightly different friction on the uh, main drive that way. Uh, and so once you've identified what you need to do in terms of, do I need to add nose weight? Do I have to remove it? Whatever. Most of the time for speed, it's adding weight. Because as we talked in the first one, uh, there are a lot of reasons why you need the thing to be nose heavy. What you now you got to look at what kind of canopy you've got. If it's a full fuselage, there may actually already be enough weight there because the full fuselage models are pretty thick fiberglass. It's not the thin flimsy stuff. okay? and the model may already be CG. If you are so lucky as to have a Diablo Speed, you will realize it is nowhere near properly CG'd. And that's when we bust out BBs and epoxy. (laughs) So you you do your regular thing to figure out how much weight you got to add in there. Temporary weight. Go check the CG. Oh, got to add a little bit more. Temporary. Go check the CG. Once you got it nailed. Uh, what I do with my Diablo speed, and actually I do this with all of my helis. I know you laugh, Nick, but it works really well, especially when I'm too lazy to buy a new set of packs for my Goblin 380. I epoxy lead weight into the very tip of the nose of the canopy. And so you get, you know, say you got 150 grams of lead is what you need. Uh, you mix up epoxy in a little bowl that's just enough to cover uh, all of the BBs as they lay down flat in the bowl or the the container. And then you pour all of that whole BB epoxy mixture into the nose, get the canopy facing down and let it cure face down like that. And now you've got a nice clean install of weight. And if you have to get rid of it, then the nice thing is lead is easy to, to cut. And so is epoxy. Pop a couple of drill holes. Nice. Just make sure you get enough epoxy in there so your BBs don't rattle, right? Yes. Well, on the 380, I got to 
ultimate levels of laziness and didn't even use adhesive. I used double-sided tape. And so I have like this pocket of BBs that is loosely held in by double-sided tape. And when you shake it, it rattles. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. Blades. Best of the best. X-Blade 713S. Like, period? Hands down. No question. That's what everyone competes with. That one set of blades is a bolt-on 15 kilometers an hour or, you know, 10-ish miles per hour with the exact same pass. Wow. Uh, they are usually two to $250 a set. They come in limited runs. They are made by MicroBeast. The Beast X guys, which I still, I still to this day, and I haven't done any research on it. There's probably a reasonable explanation, but I don't know why the hell they have a fly barless system and the most amazing blades on the market right now. In one size. Uh, only in, well, they have other blades. They have a whole complement of blade sizes, but the 713s are speed specific. And they've also got tails. Uh, I haven't run the tails, although I did get my hands on a set of them at OHB that, and I will give those a try once the Diablo gets back in the air. Uh, now, you know, before we move on from blades, though, Nick, it bears mentioning that at least this year we've seen a number of companies hint at some new and improved speed blades. So we saw the sort of uh, boomerang sickle style blades that George. Uh, and Chance Sue were working on. Haven't heard anything about those lately. Uh, Halo had sort of done a teaser on, I think they were called the Excaliburs, which mm-hmm. were also speed-like blades. When those hit the market, who knows? They may beat out the 713s, but right now the X blades are top of the heap. Nice. Now this one this one hits home with me and I chuckle about this. We've seen a whole bunch of Facebook and, and forum posts. Oh no, I know what someone you're doing. takes of a picture of their GPS screen that says Can't believe it. First flight out, I just hit hundred and ninety six miles an hour. Uh, uh yeah. So uh Quickly run down, there is only a very few, if not maybe only even one, GPS units that are accurate enough. And try and quickly explain why that is and um, and talk about like peak speed versus when when you're talking about speeds, what are you talking about? Yeah, this one's, it's frustrating because to the, the uninformed on the speed side someone can go and post the peak speed off of any old gps and it sounds impressive like hey i just hit 200 miles an hour like you said well maybe you did for about a half a second uh but it does not represent what competitive speed uh is measured in and that is an average speed over a distance 200 meters So on the GPS side of things, and, you know, the disclaimer here is that I'm going to go super top level because we could honestly have an entire show just on GPS. And I don't think there's enough interest in speed to warrant that. Uh, 
No, I, thank I've you. done a lot of writing on this on Heli Freak on the forum. So if anyone is particularly interested, then I can send you guys links. Uh, bottom line is that right now, the only GPS system that seems to be sufficiently accurate and has actually been tested against a real world timing system is the Powerbox Systems GPS 2. Um, now, two reasons. Um, it uses a helical antenna, which means that it is capable of keeping its signal strong in all sorts of different orientations um, compared to a linear polarization type approach or planar polarization. Uh, it also, its particular algorithm makes use of uh, Doppler D GPS, so the Doppler effect. You guys know what the Doppler effect mm -hmm. is? Okay, I won't go into the scientific details. Look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, but long story short, use of the Doppler effect for uh, GPS measurements is far more accurate than the what others might refer to as time and distance interpolation. Uh, and that is what it sounds like. The GPS says, oh, a second ago, I was over here 10 meters away. Now I'm here 10 meters forward. Uh, that means I traveled 10 meters and that was one second. So I'm going 10 meters per second. Well, the problem with that is that the accuracy, uh, the absolute error that occurs when making those individual location measurements can be upwards of you know, plus or minus 10 or more percent. And when you start throwing that error in there, that adds up to speed errors in the same range. So, you know, you can then go and say, I was going 150 miles an hour, plus or minus 10 or 15%. Well, plus or minus 10 or 15% puts you to 135 or 165 on the high end. So which is it? And with those kinds of uncertainties, it's far less impressive. Uh, a number of us at Urcha Speed Cup 2015 this year were running the GPS-2 Doppler system uh, and had data logging in real time that allowed us to compare to the average speeds that we were getting off of manual timing and the German camera system. And they all matched within a few kilometers per hour. My final average scores on left and right runs uh, match up to the data that I've got in my jetty radio from GPS to within two or three kilometers an hour, both directions. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it really makes a big difference. Not all GPSs are created equal. So let's talk about. I mean, now we've got the heli, we've got everything together together to make it go fast, but getting into the competition side of it, techniques are going to change. We're not talking stall turns anymore. We're getting into some obviously more advanced techniques, but you also have to start really paying attention to your staging and your gating. Now, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to be there and to see how you set up um, the RCHN3 uh, speed, uh, speed Cup. And then we also um, set up some markers for you at Snohomish um, when you were practicing as well. So if someone 
wants to do that, what are your best recommendations for technique and for competitive practices? Well, I think you definitely have to set up a course. Uh, it's easy enough to measure out 200 meters, 628 feet, if you're not a metric person. And, uh, you know, use some sort of a marker. When you were down there with me, Nick, that one time, I think we used like six or eight foot gardening poles, those like green plastic things. Of course, we upgraded for the RCHN three speed cup. Uh, with some three-inch PVC pipes that were tied down uh, using some uh, hitch knots. I'm going to do a tech tip here coming up on how to put on your own grassroots speed competition, and it will include the details of uh, you know how to build that stuff and course layout, mm -hmm. all the dimensions. We're not going to get into that here, but uh, for practice, having the visual cue for when you've crossed the boundary is important and it's it's actually a lot more difficult than you think when you first start doing it because you're trying to figure out if you crossed a plane uh, that is 300 feet away from you to your left or right and your perspective is skewed when you're standing in the middle of the course so i cannot emphasize enough the importance of having a spotter because everyone's perspective is different. And I find as a spotter, it's a lot easier for me to tell when someone crosses the gates than initially when I was trying to learn as the pilot. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the pylons themselves don't need to be huge. Uh, you can get away with something that's six or eight feet tall, put a little colored, you know, flag or spray paint them or, use some of the, the orange or yellow uh, masking tape. Just do something that sticks out in your environment. Yeah, I think if you can, technology can really help on this one. Uh, if you can, if you're out at the field with some buddies or you can manage to get two helpers, uh, uh, everyone has a cell phone now. Oh, yes, we did this. And almost everyone has uh, a little headset that you can put in even the one that comes with it have everyone have your two helpers walk out to the markers get a three three-way phone call going and then have them call out when you cross the gates it, it doesn't have to i mean whatever it is now here something um to where you can get because i think when you're learning and and from what i got to i mean i got like a handful of speed runs I didn't, I could never tell where I was. And it was priceless to have that information to know I'm in the run. Okay, quit screwing around now at this point. Even if I, even if I think I need to, don't. Um, and I mean, just practicing over and over again. And pretty soon you're going to get a much more natural feel for those distances from you. Yeah. Yeah, and getting the, like we did at RCHN3, in the course, out of the course, that's yep. really helpful. Yep. It really is. Big time. And even, uh, we shouldn't say this is even for advanced, too. This is even when you're first learning, just for consistency. Yep. See, here's some, here is a big advantage um, of, where, of where technique is going to dominate 
um, especially you guys that are just starting out. I mean, consistency, really getting your consistency. You're going to see bigger results for your dollar out of each upgrade and out of each 100 RPM that you add to it. You are going to get way more out of it than anyone else is if you're consistent with your technique and and practicing doesn't have to be done crazy fast. Get your distances down. Get comfortable seeing the model on both sides. Um, yeah, and it, dude, it'll make that it. is the golden ticket right there. If anyone takes anything out of this two part series, it's that because I will tell you what. It is incredibly frustrating when you haven't gotten your consistency down and you decide to upgrade something like, say, a new set of blades or a bigger motor and you're not getting better speeds. It has nothing to do with the fact that the motor didn't help you. It's just that you suck too bad to actually do something consistent to see the difference. So (laughs) it's just like any other things with any other thing with helis is you got to work up to it. Um, and, and Nick, you're right. I mean, getting used to the course, the other thing that I wanted to briefly touch on is sighting off the heli. How do you know where you're at once you've got a feel for the length, you know, what, you know, the, the, once you have a feel for where you are in the gates and, uh, for me and everyone does it differently, but it seems to be a fairly universal thing. The disc is very important in speed flying. So even when you're just doing your stall turns, guys, uh, what you want to do is as you pull up, you're using your sighting off of that disc, the reflection of the disc to make sure that you've got yourself uh, pulling into a knife edge first and foremost, and that you don't have any extraneous roll attitude left or right. Because when you go and then turn your tail 90 degrees at the top, that roll is going to be propagated through the run and you're either going to find yourself coming in at yourself, uh, you know, across the, the course or out uh, in the opposite direction. So you pull up, you get yourself situated, you're now stalled out at the top, get your knife edge corrected so that you're, you are exactly 90 degrees, then set the tail. Okay, and when the nose is pointing down, do one more check of the disc and get it set in the exact direction that you want it. And then you got to hold it from there, because if you're still making disc and tail corrections as you're coming down through the turn and applying collective after the free fall, then it is going to screw up your run big time. And each of those little twitches on the controls will take a few miles per hour off the actual run average now is it sort of universal that the the half cuban is the is the best yeah it it is and now there are other options that you can do you can do uh what amounts to sort of like a i think in airplane world it's called a chandelle uh, or a procedural turn where if you're not comfortable with uh, a reverse Cuban, what you basically do is at the end of the run, you kind of uh, slightly turn out and then pull a big hairpin turn back and around and in. And as you're pulling through that turn, you're gathering speed for the straight line. 
But okay. of course, the reverse Cuban's the best way to go. Why? One, you've got the effects of gravity, and that's going to help you speed up. Two, if you execute it correctly, then you are minimizing the loss of speed coming out of the run. You need to use that speed to your advantage. What it does is the faster you start in the Cuban 8 or the loop, it ends up turning out to be a loop, the faster you will exit it. The exit speed of a reverse Cuban 8 is proportional to the speed at which you rotate through that loop and the size of the loop. The faster you move through the loop, the faster you'll come out the bottom. The bigger the loop, the faster you'll come out the bottom. And that all adds up to saying that the faster you enter the loop, the faster you will get through it. That's the whole point behind the reverse Cuban 8. And the cool part is, those are in the PPP. So you got to do them anyway. Yeah. Oh, are they? It's just, it's not just a Cuban 8? Um, now I'm trying to think. I think it may just be a Cuban 8, but it's okay. I actually like the reverse Cuban better than the Cuban. <laughs> oh, yeah. But. Cool, man. Well, thanks for giving us a rundown. Yeah, no problem. It's fun stuff. We've got quite our uh, quite our dose of speed over the last month, eh? Yeah, and the listeners are eating it up, man. They're a whole bunch <laughs> Dan, of Dan, I heard you giggle. That yeah. was your, yeah, Dan, what are you thinking, man? You going to do some speed oh, with your yeah. gassers? Yeah, let me jump right on that whole speed thing. Yeah. You shouldn't have to worry about being able to see it if it's not going to go very fast, dude. <laughs> the only way I could do speed is if we did it with micros in a, in a like a 25-foot course. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you something about that. That's a, a little play off of this couple of buddies and I have been talking about pylon racing for helis. I mean, like I'd a, watch it. Like a it's, 380 spec class. And they're going to be doing like multiple, like three machines at one time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. What do you think, Did, Nick? I wouldn't do it, but I'd watch it. Nick, I oh, know, you know me. You I'm do dumb it. enough to do it. I, I mean, know there's no you question. would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. If it's stupid and it looks like fun and it's probably going to be disastrous, Nick's always in. Uh, but it's like, you know, you know. You know it's going to be a disaster. I am all over it. I want to give it a try. With all the time and money you put into your hobby, the last thing you want to do is throw away your flight experience on bad blades. From the feel of the heli in the air to its appearance on the ground, which blades you choose to bolt on is one of the most important decisions you have to make. That's why you need to put those old and busted blades to the side and make the switch to some new hotness. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are sure to put the finishing touches on your heli. Whether you're into sport flying, hard 3D, or F3C, Switch rotor blades will get the job done on everything from a 250 to an 800 class heli. And we're not just talking about main blades here. Switch has tail blades and night blades too. So stop wasting your time not flying the last brand of blades you'll ever need 
and make the switch today. www.switchrotorblades.com Well, we better, we better get. Holy shit. And you guys just go on and on about this speed stuff. Look, how, Man, look at the time. I, well, yeah, let's not talk about the fact that you took 40 minutes talking about what you didn't do for the last week. Oh, Justin, <laughs> Justin, Justin, Justin. <laughs> I used to like you. I used to like you. I swear to God. I'm just screwing with you, man. <laughs> you're just jealous. Don't I'm worry. You're going to get your thing. day because we're going to have a gasser episode, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. I mean, uh, the is. gasser, dude, the gasser world has changed dramatically since I was in it. Oh, yeah. All those years ago. It's a whole new ballgame. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. Oh, I got, I do have one more little tidbit of information. And I know uh, just real quick here, Nick, you can uh, turn your shit off real quick if you want. But did you guys know that the first two days of registration for the FAA, 45,000 people registered? I told you, Nick. Where did that come from? That came from the FAA. Really? I told you. I feel like it's horseshit. He I called do, BS I, on it. He thought it was too I many. call BS. Did you also know that they spent $300 million on their website? Yeah, I call BS. Yeah. 300 I, mi- Well, you know why, dude? Because they <laughs> didn't <laughs> use Dude Man Larry. That's right. Larry's probably like, oh, He's like, no, I, I am in the million. shit for a million. <laughs> And I'd have done the uh, shit out of it. I call BS. You don't think they don't? You don't? Think I do not there? have any factual information to substantiate my statement. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Just feels like horseshit. It does. It does to me too. But I don't know. That's what they're saying. That's what the FAA is saying. So it was in a press release uh, yesterday wow. or the day before. Yeah, I, I read the same thing or something similar. I don't know if I read exactly 45,000, but. That's a bad sign, guys, by the way, if that's true. Yeah, everyone's jumping on board. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Nick, you got any uh, website updates? Getting closer. That's what you say every time. Hopefully I know. not closer to 300 million. Nick's blue balling no. us with the website stuff. No, I haven't. I haven't heard anything from him lately. Well, it so. was kind of just Christmas. Yeah, we'll that ain't no break. damn excuse. Yeah, I had to work. <laughs> That's cool. I can't wait to see the the finished product. It'd be nice. Oh, hey, we need to say uh, we need to give a special Merry Christmas to our buddy Ken too. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> Dude, he called me today so excited. Oh, yes. So should we should we let everyone know? I think so, I yeah. I think we should. Yeah, so uh, all of us here, you know, Ken, he, donate, he has the worst paying job on the planet. <laughs> he donates his time to do the It actually costs citizen- him money, I think. He spends it. I think it, it actually costs does. him money. Uh, he does the citizen thing and... Uh, the registration for that, he handles all of our apparel. Uh, uh, you know, if you guys that came to the Fun Fly, he's just so involved and never asks for anything in return. 
He's just, he's one of those guys that just loves what we stand for and loves to be a part of it. So we all kind of got together and had a little bit extra at the end of the year and it worked out awesome. So Ken is now the proud owner of a Goblin 380, a full set of BK servos to go in it, uh, MSH brain flybarless system to go in it, an X-Nova motor to go in it, and a Hobbywing 50-amp ESC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Merry Christmas, Ken. Merry uh, Christmas, Ken. Well-deserved. Yeah. Very well-deserved. And thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to all of um, all of those companies, uh, distributors, and retailers that got involved in um, you know helping us give us a, a little bit of a break to get that to Ken. We really do appreciate that. That's the cool part about all the people that we uh, deal with here on the podcast. They like they just take care of us, and it's and, and they take care of everyone. They take care of you guys and. And just do us one more favor. When you're buying all your Christmas stuff, just send them a note and say thank you. Thanks for supporting our CHN. It means a really, really big deal to us. It just lets them know that um, you're hearing about them from us. We appreciate that. Absolutely. So any other uh, quick announcements that we need to make before we head out? Have we, uh, Justin, have we got any, I know it's way, way early. Have we had? Do we have any tentative dates on our CHN four? Yeah, super tentative, like okay. incredibly tentative. Um, and it would be right now. It looks like it's going to be either the weekend of September fifteenth through the nineteenth, or twenty second through the twenty fifth. It work. It works out great, and it it has to do with the harvest, right? Yeah, it does. Because they're an active farm, uh, they really don't have any fields available for use prior to mid to late August. And like, in fact, for RCHN3, if you remember, the south field that we ended up getting last minute, they had just harvested it like two days before you and I showed up, Dan. Right. And that's that was awesome because we ended up with way more space than we thought yep. we were going to have. And there was plenty to begin with. Yep. And they got that once they saw how it was all laid out. They're like, okay, well next year we're going to have to get you a North and South set up again. So we'll, we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah. As soon as I know guys, I will keep you posted. But right now um, they aren't even, uh, they, I don't think they even know what they're planting where. And so before, you know, I'd say, probably February, we'll have a better feel for things. Excellent. All righty, guys. Uh, check us out on Facebook. It's a great way to keep up with what we're doing. I, the uh, listener participation there is fantastic. Uh, damn near five grand on there, I think. Close to it anyway. Uh, 40, 48 or 47, 50 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, also, the webpage is still up. And again, questions about citizen cards, uh, RCHN gear, anything like that, you can send that to Ken at RCLNation.com. If you wanted to send an email to Nick, you would send it to... Nick at RCLNation.com or 
Catch me on Facebook at Nick Lennar CHN or NWM Tech on the forums. How about you, Justin? You would send me an email to Justin at RCHellyNation.com or catch me on the forums or Facebook at Justin Pucci. If you wanted to get an email, Jesse, you could do that at Jesse at RCHellyNation.com. He's also on Facebook. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCHellyNation.com, Dan K. Reed on the forums and Facebook. Let's see. I think that about wraps it up, guys. This has been episode 214. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Later. Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by SoCo Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.